What's up, gamers? Welcome to Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 49. Hex Ed, Griselles, Aaron, I, and Beastbound Assault. For anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mallet Podcast is the journey of three busy gamers on their way to the Nova Open Convention, playing the games that they love and balancing life with those games. My name is Jared Johnson. Tonight, I am joined by Trace Hyde. Yo, yo, yo. And Jason Tabled Noob Murray. So much stuff to talk about. Nova, all this stuff. I know. I know. We stuff. don't even have a like a full-fledged Nova episode yet. Which Not I yet. Guess, I, th- I guess it would be appropriate for our 50th episode to be like a Nova, what we signed yeah. up for and all that stuff. So there we go. Man, just creating ideas right here on the fly. I know, right? It's, it's just organic, totally organic. Um, yeah, so uh, in this episode, we are going to cover uh, Griselle's Air and I and the Beastbound Assault Rivals deck in our traditional format of um, kind of a Rivals review, calling out our favorite cards, what you want to see early as you're playing those, uh, and then maybe dip, digging a little deeper into where they fit in the Nemesis format, which has come to be our favorite format for playing Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, but before we get into any of that, I guess we could chat about what we've been up to. Trace? That sounds, that sounds good. Uh, we've had some successful play nights here recently, which has been fun. Um, lots of Underworlds has been played over the past... I don't think we've recorded since we've had our last two. No, nope. we have not. So we had one successful one where we had a lot of new people come out and try out the game, which was very exciting for us. And then um, we also had another one that um, some of those people who came to the first one continued coming, which is always a good sign. And they bought stuff, which is also a good sign. Yeah, we unloaded everything on them. And we got a, they got a whole bunch of free stuff because we had a bunch of extra stuff to give away. It was, so, you know, sit on some of that stuff for like, oh, let's do an event. Let's save this. Let's save this. And yeah. like, we get a bunch of new players and it's like, I just don't want it in my house anymore. Take it. Purge 2023. Yes. Right. Take it. Um, but other than those things, uh, I've done a little painting. I got um, MCP talk coming. I got two fighters for Marvel Crisis Protocol painted. I got the Amazing Spider-Man painted and also got Agent Venom painted. Um, and just because like those are two fighters that I hadn't had painted and Jared and I decided to do a last minute little painting challenge at the end of February. We both met our goal, which was good. Jared painted substantially larger models than I did. Um, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> to a, to a slightly different quality, I would say than your two models. Though. No, they still look good, man. Don't no, sell they're yourself done. short. I'm not, I'm not selling myself short, but, um, so it's a little bit of painting. Um, and then, like Jared said, like we've we've also done a little bit of Nova signups and stuff like that. But we can talk about that on another episode. Um, so that's what I've been up to. And Jason, what about you? Everything, all the things. It's been a pretty active February. So we got a puppy. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love her death. Um, it's like having, I, like I equate having a puppy to having a newborn and a toddler at the same time. It's wonderful, but she's coming along. Um, other than that, yeah, like Trace mentioned, we had that awesome, uh, intro game kind of meetup, 
uh, at Atomic Empire, what we got eight new players, nine new players to come out. It was great. A lot of those carried over into our next meetup. Um, I got to play some Dread Pageant with Fearsome mm-hmm. Fortress, and it was awesome. It's really cool to see the group kind of like growing, and also like just getting better at the game, where I can show up at a at a meetup and just play. Um, so playing the Dread Pageant, full fledged, like just playing Nemesis and and having fun with it has been refreshing. Um, I did also play some MCP. Um, Ant Man is really cool. So I, I mean, I sure I mentioned him on our post Nova in uh, show last year because I got wrecked by Ant Man. But I this is the first time I've actually played Ant Man. He is very very cool. A wasp is cool as well. And uh, Jared just sucks at MCP, so I won, and that's yeah. all that matters. That's true. Well, he won <laughs> he our loved- game, so yeah. He must. He just like likes to bad. miss. The, he might likes to miss deploy pieces although weapon x is a whole different animal than um than x forces i'll just say that yeah 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 Yeah. we should do an mcp focused episode at some point yeah we've been saying that for a year and actually bring danny on the show for a change that's right he might actually be on be on our shows so yeah so um i mean my story has largely been the same uh as far as the meetup I, i did miss the meetup at atomic empire there in durham uh, because my daughter decided to slip off of a stool and knock off one of her toenails. Uh, so it's, eh, you got nine more. That's right. Yeah. So instead of, uh, being out and gaming, I was at home with my older two children while my wife and mother-in-law were at the emergency room, making sure that my two-year-old did not have a broken toe. And she did in fact not. And so now she is basically fully healed. Still minus a toenail because those take a while to grow back, but she's running around doing all of the things that a two-year-old will do now. Um, so, uh, but that was fun. Uh, and then the painting challenge, I painted the three Sentinels for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and I also painted Pyro and Blob um, for Marvel Crisis Protocol. So, uh, yeah, so I've got that going, um, which has been nice. It, it was nice to put paint on a brush again. I think it had been quite some time since I had done that. Uh, I could tell I guess, you were enjoying it too. Like you yeah. just, you kind of got back into it and you're like, Oh yeah, I like doing this. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes start, just take doing it. Yeah. You just get started and you're like, Oh, here, I have started this project and I can see it through to completion. So that's nice. Um, that's so what I, I think, like about the MCP models too. Like you paint one and you're done. Like yes. It's a, it's a project in itself. Yeah. And it's one model get it knocked out momentum carries over so you mean the unit isn't like 10 to 20 models nope shut your pie hole connie okay on a square base yeah nope (laughs) 10 to 20 that's small 30 or 40 that's that's where you get real man (laughs) that's them undead army numbers though Uh, that's not them chaos warrior army numbers nope Mm mm-hmm no no well cool um yeah i think that's it anything else no maybe maybe not i don't think so i don't know well if we forgot it we'll we'll catch it in the outro (laughs) um that's fair no so i guess with that we'll uh we'll take a break take a break break? we'll take a break we'll be back in a minute we'll tack a break and come back hopefully not be out of whack 
Hi, we'll be Cut back. Cut the guy with... some slack. We'll be back with you Chris guys. Don't know Jack. Right after this. And we're, and we're back. back. Hey, here's the worst. <laughs> I'm just keeping it. It doesn't matter. All right. So we're uh, was in stereo. We're going to dig into Griselle's air and I uh, at this point. Um, so what we're not going to do is read through every single stat on the fighter cards. Uh, those The images courtesy of the Warhammer community page will be uh, featured in the blog that accompanies this. So and you'll be able to find the link to the blog in the show notes. Or go to blog.battle-mallet.com, and you'll see the blog there, um, and you'll be able to see all the stats. Or, I don't know, maybe by the time you're listening to this, you already have the fighter cards in hand. Either yeah, way. and then you're just going to like open a pack yeah. that so, came out of a sack. And just read along. <laughs> you can build your models and put them right next to your bric-a-brac. Anyway, so we have this five fighter war band. They are some uh, live looking murder elf ladies. Uh, so we'll start with Griselle, the slaughterer. She's the leader. Uh, she has four wounds. Um, and she's the only model in this war band that has four wounds. Um, but she does have a rule that carries over to the rest of the war band. And that rule is acrobatic. Uh, and this is when this fighter is dealt damage by an attack action, reduce that damage by one to a minimum of one for each dodge in the defense role. So this is a slightly worse version of the worm spat ability for anyone that is familiar with them. But uh, when your fighters, most of them have two defense dice, uh, the chances of rolling a dodge are pretty good. So there's a decent chance that you're going to get uh, some damage reduction out on these fighters. Uh, the other thing to note about this warband is like the previous murder elf ladies, they all inspire in the third round, but they each then also have an additional unique inspire condition. So for the leader, uh, she inspires if her attack action results in a critical hit and uh, she has a reasonably accurate attack action uh, to start that only gets better when she inspires. Uh, she's two damage uh, and her attack action, her primary attack action, like the rest of the fighters in this warband, has the combo keyword. So that's something that's new. So every fighter will have combo on their primary attack action. Um, and the leader also gets crit grievous one. So she has two damage with a chance for three. Uh, and then we'll just move on down the line. So we have Thriala the Lash. Uh, she has uh, a whip and a bladed buckler. Uh, so the whip is range two, uh, reasonably accurate attack. Um, and then her bladed buckler is a, it's like the wolf bite, right? One, one hammer for one damage, one smash, one damage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, she's just, she's like lady of the whip version 2.0 is what it, yeah, what she that's is. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, that, she has, so, a, she has combo on her primary and then the follow-up is the buckler. Yep. Yeah. 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 Cam, like Camus had the same same kind of profile except yeah. canvas's barbed whip did two flat damage right out the gate <clears throat> the bladed buckler is the same um but the lash is on two dodge and canvas was on a single dodge before they kind of inspired so yeah and did not have acrobatic correct yeah um and then three Allah's unique inspire condition is this fighter makes an attack action as a reaction so she has that built into her fighter card thanks to the follow-up rule on her bladed buckler so as long as she makes her barbed whip attack and then 
makes the bladed buckler attack, she's going to inspire, which is kind of nice. Um, so next up after that, we have Rotaria, the Entangler. Uh, so she has a glaive and a net. Uh, it's another range two attack action. Uh, it has combo, like, as I said, and she also has stagger on this attack action. Uh, uninspired, uh, she has the vault rule, which during this fighter's charge super action, this fighter has the flying trait. Uh, when she inspires, she just gains the flying trait flat out. Um, and then she inspires her, her unique inspire condition is this fighter's attack action staggers an enemy fighter. So as long as her primary attack action lands, she'll get the inspiration on that. Um, all right. One thing, so then, go ahead. So one, yep. one thing about her though, that we talked about in the pre-show is that stagger will go on the fighter before the combo attack. Yes. So like you can really make the combo attack if you've given her an upgrade really accurate because you're getting a reroll. Yeah. So yeah, because that so just to read it, and this is on page 35 in the Gnarlwood rulebook. Uh stagger, it says this happens before the reaction step after that attack action. So and then the combo reactions are after the attack action with the combo keyword. Um, so that's awesome. Um, it's it's a great way to get some accuracy onto your combo attacks, which tend to be a little less accurate since you are getting to make multiple attack actions in the single activation. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so the next fighter is Kalexis. She is the Silvered Blur. Um, so unlike the rest of the fighters so far have been move four, she starts at move five. Um, and then she has the Blur rule on her attack action, and it's a reaction after this fighter's attack roll. Roll one attack dice for each success you rolled, including critical successes, and add these to the roll. So she starts on two Fury, so you know not great chances for adding dice, but uh, uh, there are really good chances for that happening in when she inspires, because she'll go to three Fury, but she also goes to six move uh, when she inspires, which is super fast yeah i i don't like so this is my favorite model out of the whole whole warband because she has the like pointed ton coming out of her mask and she's very dynamically posed like because she's running so fast um but i almost like this is the fighter that i probably hold back the furthest because she has range five and she's probably not going to land an attack on that two fury um but once she's inspired with three three fury, two damage, and six move, you can hold her in the back and just wait for turn three, and then she can come flying in. And that is a really cool attack. Like, because even if you roll one success, you get another die, right? Yeah. So then that's four dice on her inspired side that you're rolling. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. She's a really good candidate for one of the upgrades that increases your number of successes with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. She's she's very good for that one. Yeah. So we'll dig into that. Um, so her unique inspire condition is uh, if you roll four or more attack dice for this fighter's attack roll. So uh, if you get really lucky, that's going to happen. But Jason, I'm with you. I think she kind of hangs back, you know, till the third round uh, and get, meets that inspire condition and goes to move six. Um, and so the last fighter is Traxia the Aegis. Um so she uh, her she has a three fury one damage attack, uh, but she has a critical ability on her fighter card, um, and it is buckler jab, and it says deal one damage to an adjacent fighter targeting this fighter. So the critical ability rule got added to the rule book, um, and it triggers uh, whenever you have a critical attack 
or roll a critical during a defense roll. And so since this says deal one damage to an adjacent attacker targeting this fighter, then her critical ability is going to trigger on her defense rolls. Uh, the only downside here is that she is the only fighter in this warband to be on a single defense die on shields. So the single shield, you know, is pretty good. But the fact that she's only rolling one defense die and hoping to roll that crit to trigger that ability uh, is less good. So Listen, and that is her when, Jared, when Jared is playing single shield defense dies, it is the strongest role in the game. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, but that's me. But that's just for me, right? Like that's not <laughs> universal. That's not a universal that's... experience. That's anecdata at best. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, Mister. Oh, I have a single defense die. Oh, crit. Oh, crit. Oh. And the bad thing is, is that he knows it. He knows it's going to happen. Like he rolls it, and he's like, "I'm going to roll a crit. It's fine." Like it, it just happens so I, so often. It's it so just stands out. I say that every time, and it just stands out on the times that I do roll a crit. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so her unique inspire condition is this fighter uses a critical ability, which I guess if you gave her an upgrade that had crit grievous, that would count, um, for her inspire condition. So that's good. But what is cool is that when she inspires that buckler jab goes to two damage. So, oh, I just crit after you here, have two damage. Take a two. Yeah. Just, uh, just enjoy that. So, um, yeah, so that's the fighters. Uh, we covered acrobatic. We covered the fact that they all inspire on the third round, that they all have unique inspire conditions. So I guess with that, we're ready to move on to the objective. So for anyone that hasn't listened to one of our uh, Warband reviews, uh, the way that we do these Warband reviews is uh, we, we do it mainly from the Rivals format, and these are going to be the top cards that you want to see early in the game. So the top three objectives, top three gambits, top three upgrades that you want to see uh preferably in your opening hand or draw into uh, early in the game. So Jason, what do you want for an objective, buddy? I'm going to go with ritual performance. It's a lot right. of rituals and performance going on. That's, That's a search they hot. Like, they're like gladiatrix priestesses. Yes. So, it's a surge hybrid. Score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action. If that attack action resulted in a critical hit, okay, we know how swingy that one is. But there is another condition that you can meet, or that attack action dealt precisely enough damage to take the target out of action. And a little note here, right? Because a cl- critical ability does not have to be triggered anymore, right? You can select to trigger. That's true. Yeah, you may. So- you may. Yep. So if you got the crit, take the crit hit. But if you had Grievous, right, you didn't have to take it if you needed to do, do precisely the right amount of damage. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. the nice thing about this card, and it's actually the similar to the one that's in Sons of Elmorn, is if you're going to take the fighter out of action with the crit Grievous, you'll score it anyway because you've made a critical right. hit. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Trace, what else do we want to see early? Storm of Blades. Um, this is a surge. Score this immediately after your Warband's fourth or subsequent attack action in the same phase. Uh, there's a lot of c- 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 combo in this. In this, um, 
in this warband. So potentially having four attack actions is not as tall of an order as you think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so three, Olive has it uninspired. So she's going to make two attack actions. Yep. And there's lots of upgrades and stuff anyway in the, in the, in the deck that give you, you know, follow-ups for your combo yep. attacks. So, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, uh, and then I think the last one is, uh, you know, it's always good to, to call out some sort of in phase. Um, you can't get all your surges early on. So, uh, we, I think we want to see blood on the sands. I think that's our favorite to see early on. And that is a uh, dual, uh, score this in an in phase. If one or more friendly fighters are within one hex of one or more enemy fighters with one or more wound counters. So you've successfully wounded them, but not taken them out of action. And one, that friendly fighter is not in your territory. Um, so yeah, which is going to be your typical, your typical like aggro warband play, right? Like you draw cards a couple turns, a couple round, you know, a couple activations and then you boom and you go up and unload your payload. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, all right. So before we jump into the gambits, I think we have to call out the flourish. So there are, so four of the 10 gambits in this deck, I believe one, two, three, thought there was more four, five, five of the 10 gambits are flourishes. Um, and the flourish is like a domain, um, in that it sticks around, but the effect, the ruling, uh, on all of these cards is this effect persists until the end of the phase or until after a friendly fighter's attack action that succeeds. So all of the flourishes have pluses and minuses. Um, usually the pluses outweigh the minuses, but uh, I'll leave that up to debate. Uh, but we just want to call that out before we jump into what gambits that we want to see early. Um, so why don't we just kick things in the same order, Jason? Uh, unquenchable Fervor. If I had the card right in front of me, it would be a whole lot easier to to read it. But the next time a friendly fighter is dealt damage, reduce that damage by two to a minimum of one. This effect persists until the end of the phase or until damage is reduced in this way, which is I don't remember there being a reduce by two. I don't think there is. Like it, that it's just, I, I understand that the, the fighters are only two damage so or two wounds to health. So it kind of had to be, but this is like, it persists until it blocks something. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only other card that's like that is, um, isn't there an upgrade for the Grim watch, but the reduced by two, there's a, that's reduced by one. I think there's one. Oh, I think Grimwatch upgrade is like they can only ever suffer two damage. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 So it's not quite the same. Could be anyway, if you have this, like, yeah, if yeah. you have this it's early, really good. you're probably saving a fighter, right? Yes. So. Yeah. You. Yeah. You absolutely are. Unless somebody's swinging a four damage attack at one of your two wound fighters early game. Not too many fighters out there that hit for four right away. Nope. Negative. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. And definitely better early, I think, to help keep you alive into round two and round three. So, um, Trace? Moment of Rapture. Um, Moment of Rapture is a reaction. Play this after a friendly fighter's attack action that succeeded. Pick one. Heal two to that fighter 
or inspire that fighter. We have not seen an inspire card in a minute, right? No, I don't think we have. Yeah, no, I don't no, think we 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 have not. I mean, there is a condition, right? So we have to have a successful attack action. But the cool thing here is, is you know, there are a lot of unique inspire mechanics, mm-hmm. and that can be difficult to get sometimes. Yeah, this kind of bypasses it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. All right, and then uh, the last one uh, I think that we want to see early is uh, all right. It's PN. PN. Yeah. PN of slaughter. And so, Trace, you want to give us the definition since you looked that up? Yeah, hold on. It's like a song or or yeah. hymn of adoration or something. He's looking it up. Pull it up. Uh, oh, yeah. so he still had it up. That's all right. Sorry, I closed it. Um, a song of praise or triumph, a pan of praise to the great poets, or a thing that expresses enthusiastic praise. Oh, nice. So enthusiastic so. praise of slaughter. Yep, it's fits right in. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, it's restricted to your leader, so Griselle has to be alive, but uh, you can reroll one attack dice in the attack rolls for friendly fighters attack actions in the next activation step. Um, so uh, we like this, I think, better than some of the flourishes because it doesn't have a downside, and most of the time, a reroll is just as good as an additional die. Um, yeah, especially with some of the stuff that you want to kind of go off, right? Like you yeah. want to get there and inspire, you might need that reroll. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good, but any of the flourish cards, yeah. if they come up, they're definitely worth an investment. Yeah. And I think the coolest thing about the flourishes is that you can stack them. Right. Yes. Like you can just you can plop them all out there, and then go make your attack action and get a bunch of different, you know, effects on top of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably the, and this is the one that we almost threw into this slot that we want to see early, but um, it the downside can be pretty bad. So uh, is fatal flourish. So this is after a friendly fighter's attack action that failed, deal one damage to the attackers. So that's the downside, but the. Upside is plus one damage to friendly fighters, range one and range two attack actions. So, uh, you know, if you're going in with a reasonably accurate attack, then you're not going to suffer the downside anyway, and that attack will succeed. You'll get your plus one damage, and then the flourish goes away, so your other fighters aren't having to worry about taking that extra damage. But uh, that just gives you an idea of of what you're looking at when you're looking at these flourishes. Uh, there's an upside and a downside to them all. All right, so uh, objectives and gambits are covered, so we will uh, jump into the upgrades, and I'm actually going to go first this time um, because I am a big fan of L4 bands having damage reduction upgrades. So I'm going to pick the Blood Sigil. This is minus one damage to a minimum of one from attack actions that target this fighter. So just a flat minus one damage to a minimum of one. Imagine stacking that with the minus two damage. Yeah, and so, minus if you roll a, a And then if dodge. you roll a dodge, right? You're, you're So there's a good chance that, you know, even like a six damage attack could not take out one. your leader. <laughs> yeah. Which would be, that'd be, I don't know, that that's borderline negative play experience, but I don't know. 
They all have two wounds. They all have two wounds, wounds and they're on dodges. So yeah. I think it. I think we can handle that. So uh, Trace. Yeah, um, I am picking Paragon of the Arena because holy crap. So this is a uh, reaction. It's an upgrade that has it's a reaction. After the declare action step of this fighter's range one or range two attack action, pick one. Give the fighter one guard token. Option one. Option two. Plus one dice to that attack action until it is resolved. Or option three. Plus one damage to that attack action until it is resolved. Those are all really good things to be picking. If you're if you're making an attack action, yeah, um, and the fact that it's like on tap damage or on tap extra dice, that's that's real good. Yeah, real, real yeah. Good. And, when, and then if you, well, we were talking about in the pre-show, if you combo that with combo, yep, you can trigger it twice, and that's right in the same activation because yeah. it's a whole separate attack action. That yeah. you are reacting with the attack action, you still declare what your attack is. You pick a fighter to attack, and then you actually yeah. declare. You know, it's it's really good. Yeah, so, you're not you're not bound by the normal reaction after an attack mm-hmm. action. Yep. Uh, um, it's also really important to note that that is not a restricted card at all. Like that can go on any fighter in the warband, which is huge. Yes. Um, because there's some pretty accurate attacks already that you can add additional dice to or whatever. It's just just nice to be able to say you know you're you're doing your power step with your opponent and they're like i'm gonna put an extra defense dice on this guy well okay cool i've got enough damage to kill you i'm gonna add another dice to my attack so yeah it's, it's just flexibility is good i like it i agree all right jason <clears throat> Yeah, so the last one is uh, Mistress of the Bladestorm, and you really want this card early because it can only go on your leader, and it just it makes your flourished cards come back and or stay persisting. So it can really um, multiply the effectiveness of your gambit cards and the warband. So your warband's persisting flourish gambits are not discarded at the end of the phase. So if they did not go out, they're still there, and... A little pro tip, if you have them and you have not played them and you put this upgrade on, you should play them so then you can draw back up to five and they're still going to be there going into the next round. Yep. Um, and then also at the start of the round, you can add up to two of the flourish gambits from your discard pile back into your hand. So again, you're drawing up to five and at the start of the round, I'm drawing two additional cards. That's really good. It, I mean, being able to recycle really these powerful flourishes is really good. Yeah. Like yeah. that damage one coming back, um, the flying charge. Yeah. You know, the plus one dice, even. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah they're it's good. They're solid. Yeah. So, so you really want that one early. <laughs> yeah. The one upgrade, the one set of upgrades that we didn't call out was all of the uh, attack action upgrades. Um, and so for anyone that has been playing for a while, the old combo playstyle was a little rough because it required successful attack actions in order to trigger the combo, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, it had to be successful. And that's yeah. why Our Lady of the Whip, Drusilla, was such a big deal because she gets to do her attack action whether her main whether attack action succeeds or not. or not. Yeah. 
So the ruling on all of these cards says reaction after this fighter's attack action with combo, make this attack action. Does the verbiage on the old ones successful. said successful attack action with combo. Yeah. On a lot of them. Yeah. Or I, I think I'm remembering that properly. If not, yeah, because they were all in. They were all in. Most of them, but most of them, most of them were in um, the arena mortis stuff. There was yeah. a lot of those in there. Well, so like attack actions had combo, right? It was not the combo, but it was the the ones the what they call classified as the finisher ones. So like, yeah, yes, reaction after this fighter successful attack action with combo is yeah. what a lot of them read. Yep. Um. So yeah, this one they don't have to be successful. You're just taking it. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good. It is well. It it's good, and then when you add in, because it is an attack action, a lot of the um, power from the deck they can they can get going. Um, <clears throat> you know, one is a range two, one's on two hammers. Like they're not they're not setting the world on fire from just like stat lines, yeah. but just the additional attack that can go against any fighter that was within range. Yes, is really cool. So. Yeah. Yep, that's pretty good. All right, Jason, our master of deployment and objective placement. What board? <clears throat> well, what just before we, we looking for? oh, before we go, I got one more mentionable on the uh, on the upgrades, and that's star performer. So uh. anything on the combo that we did say that hey, they're a little weaker, they're on two fury, or a fighter that's on. Two Fury or what's her face that needs successes to roll more dice. Yeah. Star Performer is a really good card once you once you've inspired. Um, while this fighter is inspired, rolls of Fury and Smash are successes in this fighter's attack rolls. We've seen this type of card before, but it's normally on a charge. This is just all the time, and this changes the math so much on those combos. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You go from. You know, like if you're on hammers, you got a 50% success chance to having a 66% success chance per die. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Pretty spicy, but but again, it's not the first card I want in my hand. Yeah, because no. the fighters have to be inspired for it to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That may not always be the case. <clears throat> so the board, I'm going to kind of cover boards and play style together because I just think, I think they mesh yeah. so well. So fair. the play style... Um, Trace came up with it. It's called Oppor- Opportunistic Aggro. In- <laughs> didn't come up with anything. <laughs> Jason, Jason loves big words. I like, I like big words. Um, so their play style is aggro. But remember, you have four two-wound fighters. And often, when we saw Blake Coven played the first time, new players would just go across the board. Like, So when you get this warband... You really have to read your objectives. You have to read what cards you have and select when you're going in. Um, So the board you pick has to be an aggro board. Like I wouldn't have a lot of lethals or block hexes, but you want stuff that you can position back because you're four or five move. And when you inspire your five and six move, so set yourself up for those, those turns. And also to, um, you know, we'll, I guess we'll get to that 
Oh no, I'll get to it now. Whatever. Forget it. Like, because it is so positional and having knowing when, when to go in, I think this war band is going to require a couple, two, three playthroughs because of their objectives. Yeah. We covered some of them, but a lot of the objectives are really good, but they're very situational and you have to know what's coming to be set up for that. Or do I risk it for the biscuit right now? Because I'm going to be set up to score these, um, these objectives. So boards and play styles, you're going to be aggro, but keep your ladies safe. So trace new player rating silver because all that, right? Because all that, there's a lot of potential with them, but I think that it's just going to require some, some to play. Yeah. Some reps to play well. Yeah. 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 Because when you're playing against them, what are you going to do? Bop, 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 all day long. Bop, 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 while I sing this song. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Like, you're going to just do your best monologue impressions. You're just, (laughs) I mean, there's so many two damage attacks in this game. Like, that are at range two. Like, I played, uh, I played, um, what's it, you know, the cunning crew the other night and I was like, God, being able to reach at range two and have supports from everywhere and do two damage. Like they would, yeah. they'd nom these girls up yeah. in a hurry. Um, yeah. A savvy gnarl spirit pack is gonna, yeah. is gonna take out probably at least, I mean, I, you could almost bank on two fighters. Yeah. Turn for, one for action phase. I, I actually like, I think with this warband, what you're going to see too is that two defense dodge defense dice. It's been a while since we had a two dodge warband, and they are very swinging. The, the same way the Narrow Spear Pack is swinging with aggro dice. When you have two defense dice, it's just as swingy. Um, and then with the damage reduction, you're gonna you're like there are going to be times where like I am totally outclassed, and my dice go hot, and there or the negative damage go hot. Yeah. And then you're just going to have a fighter and you're just going to eat them up. Cause they're going to be standing next to you and you can just have every single one of your elves just slash at them. Yeah. yeah I think, I think what is going to be the same kind of like at face value, you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, they're two wounds. I'm, they're going to be so squishy. But then the thing that we realized with worm spat, even though worm spats on shields, like that damage reduction is going to make a huge difference uh, a lot more often than we're going to, than we're giving it credit for right now. Probably. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you fail, like if you, if you're rolling your two defense dice and you still get hit and you roll one dodge, that two damage attack we were just talking about is not, it's not going to kill you now. And then you get a chance to swing back. So lots of, lots of opportunity. Yep. I'm excited. I'd really say they're like two and a half wounds each. Yeah. Two, two and a third, maybe. Two and yeah, maybe two and third, but something like that. Anyway, the, I'm just I'm gonna soup up the entangler. What? How do you say your first name? Retina. Re- Retaria? Retina. 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 Oh my gosh, you're the best. <laughs> I'm just gonna super up. Right, she's got a range two attack. She's giving out stagger when she hits. I'm gonna Shower. put the I'm gonna put the plus one wound, so she's at least at three wounds. I'm going to put the minus one damage. I'm going to put the yeah. one where I get to select the dice or the damage. Yeah. Um, it's just like 
I'm gonna put I'm gonna give her the upgrade that puts her on two two shields instead of two dodges. She's just gonna get all in. Like I am just gonna Voltron her, and I'm gonna sit in the middle and just try to bop as many things as I can bop. Note to self: kill Rotaria turn one. No, when you're playing I'm just against gonna Jason. call her eye drops from this point forward. <laughs> eye drops. <clears throat> the net Danetta. Danetta. <laughs> That's great. Uh, all right. So, um, Nemesis. What uh, what Rivals deck are we going to pair this with? So, I'll just give my initial reaction, and then you guys can kind of, like, walk me back from it, right? So, when I saw this, I've already seen Blade Coven played with Tooth and Claw. And it, it's pretty effective. Um so that's what I like where I first went, but you guys came up with something differently and I think it actually plays out better. So what'd you guys come up with? Yeah. So we said fearsome fortress. So before we get into why fearsome fortress, I want to talk a little bit about why not tooth and claw. So a lot of the, um, a lot of the cards turn you into beasts, which means you can't take the attack action upgrades. And that's a big deal. No combos. And then, um, the other thing about a lot of the gambits and upgrades is that all of the damage boosts that you see in tooth and claw are for range one attack actions. Mm-hmm. So like all of those huge damage boosts or dice boosts or whatever are only for range one attack actions. And you've got two fighters that have innate range two attacks and then two of your combo upgrades are range two. So you're really, I feel like you're kind of hamstringing yourself by trying to tie those in. And maybe you don't need those upgrades, and maybe there's a way to play with just some of the some of the gambits and some of the objectives. But I think a lot of the strength that sits in the Tooth and Claw deck can't be used one. with this warband. Um, and then thinking about Fearsome Fortress, and actually, Jason, this was a little bit inspired by your pick for the Grincrax Loon Court. Is uh, the first thing of note is that there is a lot of stagger in Fearsome Fortress ways to hand out stagger so gambits that'll hand out stagger um and that's really good for these fighters that are trying to make multiple attacks if you can get rerolls on those multiple attacks then that's even more damage that you're going to pump through more opportunities to score your objectives to take out enemy fighters um the thing that they add to this warband that it doesn't have a lot of are surges that don't require kills um and then there's healing in this in fearsome fortress and there's extra defense in fearsome fortress. Um, and it's really going to let you play into that opportunistic aggro where I don't think it's full counterpunch. Like we want to play sons of Elmorn, but I think it gives you ways to build your glory engine early without having to just go ham early. So, I like it. Plus, I can put that cannon upgrade on and shoot Heck you from yeah. like forever away. That's right. It doesn't have combo on it. Oh, though, so. I was going to say, does it have combo? Can I combo? That would be perfect. <laughs> cool. Uh, any any closing thoughts? Final remarks? I This is my type of war, man. They're a glass cannon. I can't wait yeah. to get them out there. You know, I, I have not played a ton of worm spat. I mean, I've let both of you kind of take the reins on that warband, but the one thing that I always draws me to it when I want to play is that damage reduction. So this I can get, you know, some some murder ladies out there and just go to town 
reducing damage and rolling crits on two defense dice. Yep. Because I need two, or other you people do need, need two, one. Yeah. You do a lot better with two. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, yeah. So, when this here, uh, when we we'll take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about the Beast Bound Assault Rivals deck. And we're back. Welcome back to the beastiest of Rivals decks. This is the Beast Bound Assault. So, gentlemen, this deck <clears throat> is all about some beasts, minions, companions, and denizens, all of the griblies of the Gnarlwood. So, this deck revolves around all those different fighter types, and we are going to kind of just highlight some of the some of the cards that we think um, will be kind of fun for you to use with um, with this deck if you get your first turn and. These are the cards we're going to kind of look out for to hopefully, hopefully get you scoring early um, and beat the pants off of your opponent. So, wait a minute, beat the pants off of them. Did you did you read the did you read the plot card? There is no plot card, sir. Oh, there's no plot card. This is unbridled bestial fury. Nice. Yeah, which is kind of important. I know we don't talk about championship a lot on the the podcast, but. It is cool that there is no plot card, which allows championship building to use the cards in this deck unbound, right? Like they, right. they don't have mm-hmm. to select beast bound assault as mm-hmm. the cards that they're going to build from giving a little more differentiation mm-hmm. from championship to nemesis. S-s-s-s-s-s. <laughs> it's also like for the first time too i mean you mentioned how much how focused these cards are on keywords so before we get into the cards that we select like just to expand upon that a little bit more it's this is the first time we've seen a rivals deck where i i think warband selection plays more of a critical role a lot of the ones that we've seen before yeah there's always gonna be optimum warbands to pick but this one if you don't have one of those three keywords of minion companion or beast it's going to function a lot differently. Now there's still ways to play it because of the Denison upgrades. Like there is that out in the deck that you could play anything and everything. And there may be an outside chance that one of those warbands can function with this uh, relatively well, but we're not seeing that in our initial like kind of go through. Mm. Um, so warband selection while playing this rivals deck is more crucial than we've seen in the past. And I kind of like it. It gives it a different flavor. Yeah. Yep. 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 It. Uh. I, but I, the, that's not, that's not to say that you can't run it with other warbands too, because there are multiple ways to get Denison upgrades yes. out into your hand or onto fighters, um, fairly efficiently with some of the upgrades. The other upgrades are in this deck that aren't necessarily our top picks, but like, there's lots of different ways to apply Denison upgrades to your fighters to help you score these cards uh, within the deck. So multiple different ways to play, but but I agree with you, Jason, that leaning into those warbands that have beasts or companions or minions already is definitely a safer bet than trying to guarantee that you'll have the glory or the cards to apply those, those Denison upgrades. So um, with that, speaking of scoring, let's go into the top objectives that we think are going to be usable and featured in this 
in this deck on your first turn? Let's start with Jared. Um, so I like unexpected end, and this is score this immediately after an enemy fighter is taken out of action by a friendly fighter other than a leader that is a beast companion minion and or has one or more denizen upgrades. So um, your standard aggro takes somebody out, uh, but when you have a lot of beast companions and or minions and or denizen upgrades, there's a lot of flexibility in who that fighter can be that takes out the enemy fighter. So, and it's a Love good surge. It. Yeah, very good. Very good. Jason, wanna, what about you, bud? I, I want to, like, the carter. I want to know what that, like, dog beast thing is. That's one of the denizen upgrades. It's a denizen. It? It's a denizen, yeah. It's a denizen? It is a denizen. Because I think you see a similar picture in one of the other pieces of card art. Yeah, actually, well, we'll get there. You Whoever do. does the next card. But I still want to know what what that like is. What that is? Like, yeah. do you, you you want a Warcry Warband that is all of these denizen critters? That's right. That's what you want. That would be cool. I do. But the next card, which also features my mystery beast, is we stand together because it has Olo and the bestest boy Grawl on the card art so you know that this card is the greatest objective to ever grace the library of the underworlds but it has this mystery beast and i want to know what it is yep Mm -hmm. anyway so well we stand together as a surge duel score this immediately after an opponent's power step if two of our friendly fighters are each beast companion minions and or have one or more denizen upgrades and two or more of those fighters are on objectives that's kind of weird we want our beasts to be standing on objectives sure do don't have to hold them just be on them that's right just stand there and then you get a glory that's right yep yep it's awesome uh i'll take the last one and i have picked train them up which also has some interesting denizeny card art with a purple and pink bear, spirit bear attacking. I want the bear. That thing uh, is cool. old Jedrin. It's Jedrin, right? That's Jedrin. That Jedrin, Sir Jedrin. Uh, it's a cool, cool. There's lots of cool art in this deck, so please take some time to uh, enjoy the art from the artists that work so hard on it. So, um, so this is a duel. Score this in an end phase if one or more friendly fighters each made one or more move actions, one or more attack actions, and one or more other actions in the preceding phase. And one or more of those fighters is a beast, companion, minion, and or has and, and or has one or more denizen upgrades. So this harkens back to early Underworlds. It's just a different version of a change of tactics card so put a fighter on guard and then charge them and you've achieved this goal you just won't score it until the end phase um very solid scoring doesn't necessarily you don't have to you don't have to be a successful attack action you don't have to you know move your full movement or six hexes or whatever you just put a fighter on guard and then make a move and attack action so lots of cool stuff. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be surviving either. So correct. You can like, yep. You can yo- YOLO in there and 
and still score. Yep. yep. And then if you have fighters that have on fighter actions, like mm-hmm. the old exile dentist. Yep. yep. Could definitely use that as well. Um, so with that, let's get into some gambits and see how we can help to score these uh, objectives that we've picked out of our first hand. Um, we'll start with the same rotation. Uh, Jared, what about you? What do you think? Yeah. So while, while we're here standing together, I, I get a, a sense of a blossoming friendship. <laughs> it's so long as blossoming. I think it's wilting by this. Yeah, this so point. it's rotten and so yeah, it's just mutilated. Like, it's like nurgled. Nurgled. Uh, so this is a game, but choose a friendly fighter with no tokens. Mm-hmm. Give that fighter one din as an upgrade from your hand. This does not cost any glory points. Then give the chosen fighter one charge token and one stagger token. So this is really good early because it allows you to get those din as an upgrades on early. Yep. For free without glory. Yep. Uh, this is one of those ways we were talking about getting the denizen upgrades on fighters. So if even if you're not running a beast heavy warband, this yeah. is a very easy way to get a denizen upgrade out and start scoring some cards. Yeah. Yep. I like it. Yep. Yeah. Jay- it was good. Jason. I'm going to go with the, the vicious critters. I like critters. I mean, now there's scorpions on the artwork. I just <laughs> want all these so models. Cool. This is cool. Well, it appears to be scorpion. So this is range one attack actions other than siving attack actions. Sorry, Kira. Um, made <laughs> by beasts, companions, minions, and or fighters with one or more denizen upgrades have crit grievous one. And the cool thing is this effect persists until the end of the round or until another um, domain gambit is played. So all your range one get grievous one for the entire round for those keyword fighters. It's pretty I, gross. I mean, I don't want to like beat an exiled dead horse here, but I mean, can you imagine being surrounded by a swarm of conductive minions Ugh. and they all have crit grievous one? That's terrifying. I don't even, that's why I'm just going to keep playing my X bane and keep those that just at bay. Yeah, shoot, keep, them, keep. shoot them every time they move. Yeah. Keep them keep yeah. them well out of harm's way. Um, so I will go last again with uh, well trained. Choose a friendly fighter that is a beast, companion, minion, and or has one or more denizen upgrades. Push the chosen fighter up to two hexes. We love some pushes. Shock pushes get you into better position. Um, and let's not. Let's not look past the the card art with the flavor text because it is it is the the squig knight from the um, the new Lord. goblin warband. The, it's yeah, the wonky lance, the wonky lance, and it the flavor text says hop to it, and right. I just find that absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, Bouncy. So uh, you know a push a push always gets you in a better position, and it's just. And it's two hexes, so yeah. you can get it's, well into territory if you need yeah. to, or whatever. Or onto a feature. Powerful on that too. Onto an yeah. objective token. Onto an objective token with one yeah, of your that's beasts. Where blossoming friendship can really help you out, right? You're yeah, you're taking a charge token, you're taking a stagger token, but if you also have the push and you mm-hmm. need to get on an objective token, you're probably going to get there. Um, yep. So. Yep. So moving away from these temporary things, let's move on to the upgrades. Let's see. 
uh, keep going with the same thing. Jared, what do you think is our one of what's our first top upgrade that you think we should have in our hand first turn? Yeah, so I really like Deadly Swarm. So this is a denizen attack action. Um, the card art is a bunch of, I don't know, angry looking beetle things uh, with wings. So that's good. Uh, it is range one, two smash, one damage within snare and the swarm special rule. And swarm says the damage characteristic is equal to the number of denizen upgrades this fighter has. Mm. This attack actions characteristic cannot be modified. So, mm. uh yeah, so there are eight Denizen upgrades in this deck out of the 10 upgrades. So mm-hmm. not that it's going to happen often or ever, but there is the potential for a range one to smash eight damage attack action on one of your fighters. Amazing. But realistically, it's it's probably going to get you to that coveted three or four damage attack action mm-hmm. uh, with some relative ease if you put it on the right fighter. Yeah. I like how no, it also has ensnare. Like, like our large fighters have dodge defense, not normally. Like, no. Like, if I need eight eight damage, oh man, I got to get around that ensnare. So, or around that dodge, uh, probably head, not. Head, head cracker, tooth dagger. Yeah, like they're the only ones. Yeah, that I can recall. I should yeah. say. Mm-hmm. There's always something in those 50 warbands we have. Yeah. It's really this, it's really cool though. I think this one's really good in the Rivals deck proper. I think it sees a little bit of fall off as you get into Nemesis, but I really like yeah. it in the actual Rivals deck though. That's um fair. Jason, what is I, your what? I just, I just want someone's like well laid plan to be deadly swarm. This is how I'm going to get Absolutely. through all the fighters, and then someone like does something to break it. Be like, oh, Absolutely. It's, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, Mourn Flight with your thing that breaks upgrades or sword or, breaker. Uh, if you're playing light, train, light, championship, light finger, light finger from uh, yeah, yeah, light finger too. Yeah, anything that just brutal. kills that upgrade is gross. Um, Um, i'm gonna cry when you do that to me the first time jason (laughs) well the thing of it is is if i'm playing well we'll get to that but i'm probably gonna play this deck if i'm playing someone that has light finger so yeah that's true um the next upgrade is countless familiars uh it is a denizen when you give this to a fighter give that fighter and one other friendly fighter within two hexes one familiar counter while a fighter has one or more familiar counters, that fighter is considered to have one additional denizen upgrade. Mm. So if I'm reading this correctly, when you have one or more familiar counters, that fighter is considered to have one or more additional denizen upgrades. So by giving someone this card, you actually give them two denizen upgrades because they are also getting a counter. Yep. 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 So that could add to Deadly Swarm. So we could go to nine. Mm-hmm. But I think the real function with this card and the reason we want it early is it plays into a lot of the objectives, right? Like if you don't have minions, companions, and beasts, you need people that are probably standing on objectives. Again, not holding them, just standing on them. And they need to have Denison upgrades. Um, I think there was two that actually have to have Denison upgrades and then a, a you know, handful of others that need to be hit those keywords on objectives. Yeah. And this allows you to do it because you can give it to anyone. 
So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's cool stuff. Agreed. So the last upgrade that we, we there was some deliberation over this one, but ultimately for the rivals deck, we settled on um, one that is not a denizen upgrade, but it is something that helps you get denizen upgrades throughout the game. This is a card called Kindred Affinity. At the start of the action phase, draw the top card of your power deck and reveal it. If that card is a denizen upgrade, give that upgrade to this fighter. Uh, this does not cost any glory points, by the way. Otherwise, add that card to your hand. So you've started round two, you've got your full power hand. You do this, you do it's not an action or anything. You just do it. Pull it, pull a card. Cool. It's you reveal it. Cool. It's a denizen upgrade. You put it on the fighter that you've added this to. Since we've already established that you want to kind of stack upgrades on these fighters, you this is your target for this probably anyway. So you're just getting that for free. If it's a ploy or another upgrade that does something similar to this, you can just put it in your hand. Super cool. Just a cool way to get an extra card each round. Um, whether it's on the fighter or in your hand. So card draw is always good. And this lets you do that and apply it for free if you need to. Um, Jason, did you want to talk about the other one that did something similar to this while we're on this little topic? Yeah. So I think, you know, like I think we came around where Kindred Affinity was better for the Rivals deck. Um, but I think that you can make a case that help helpful little finder which is like a little raven-style hummingbird that just kind of flies around and gathers stuff for me. Again, just to start work, all these things I don't have in my game. All the critters. Um, <laughs> um, so this one is a Denison upgrade, unlike the other one. but And it has kind of the same trigger point at the start of the action phase. Give this fighter one upgrade from your hand. It does not cost any glory points. Then you draw an additional power card. Then this breaks. So you only get it for one use. Um, but really, what with this one, it kind of plays more into Nemesis. Because maybe I'm not leaning into Denison's, right? And I just want to give a fighter an upgrade that's in my hand. That doesn't cost mm-hmm. any additional glory. As well as draw another card into my hand. And I think it just plays better in that. Yeah. Um, I like it because then I have a choice of up, uh, what upgrade goes to this fighter um, instead of it just being random draw. But in the real power for both cards is you get to draw another power card. Yep. yep. So um, both of them are, are pretty solid uh, and it they're cool mechanics. We haven't really seen that. Um, both of them really stink if you bottom deck them, though. Oof. Agreed. That's true. Two upgrades that don't matter. um so we've discussed you know our top picks for all the different um categories of card in our deck so let's move on to boards i'm gonna make this really easy for y'all whatever board works for your warband just keep using it you might have to adjust a little bit of your tactics but whatever works for your warband now is what you'll probably want to use with this with this deck too um so with that said, what is the play style of this particular uh, Rivals deck, Jason? Um, it's weird. It <laughs> is kind of weird. 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so it's like it's kind of like this flex aggro but you want to be in objective tokens um it basically comes down to this is you want griblies to hold i shouldn't say hold beyond objective tokens and you want a voltron a fighter yeah. um at least that's the way you know our initial read is um and to stay on jared's train of the the dentist like just put all your denizens onto the dentist and have the griblies push and go and do what they need to do um it, it it's going to play well and you can do that with multiple other warbands so flex aggro beyond objectives with your your griblies uh and give upgrades to that ever important fighter of your warband no yep Jared, how are you fighting against it? Yeah, so I think the key here is if you can, you want to focus down the people that the Denizen upgrades are going on first. Uh, and that is because they probably do not have the keywords that are required for the rest of the the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you want to go after any beasts, companions, and or minions. Because uh, if you can get rid of all of those fighters, then it eliminates a lot of the objective play yeah i could i could totally see that yeah. um i'm gonna take the what warband should i play because we've mentioned a warband in so many times already <laughs> um if you're gonna play this play this deck or play with some of the cards in the deck i would highly recommend playing uh the exiled dead all of the all the electric electric boogaloo zombies are all beasts. They have very efficient movement, and you can just stack all the upgrades onto the dentist and be be happy days doing whatever you're doing normally. This falls very well into their play style, um, so that would yeah. be our recommendation for the for the warband yeah. of choice. But really, any warband that has beasts or companions in it you know we've already mentioned um black powders buccaneers because all of his additional fighters are companions i believe minions and companions um i think we had talked briefly about um grimwatch being potentially a, a good choice for this too um any any undead warband really <laughs> is not too bad for this um i think the only one the only exception would be like um the Bone Reapers, Yasark Bone Reapers, Kanan's Reapers. I don't know yeah, if they're I minions or companions. Yeah, I don't think that... Um, so Kanan's Reapers, I don't think Sons of Elmorn play well with it and the Crimson Court, I don't... I don't think they play well with it either. No, yeah. But, I mean, I just... But me, the, I was speaking a little too generally. I just mean the larger death warbands. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, would probably play well with this. Um... And then new player rating. What are we giving this? Anybody can answer. Yeah, so I think silver. It's not quite 100% straightforward. Uh, and if you don't have access to the right warband, um, as Jason mentioned earlier, warband selection is going to be more important here uh, than in previous rivals decks. And so if you don't have those three keywords, the objectives uh, become a yep. lot more difficult to score. Yep. Um, and as far as Nemesis format, We've already discussed a lot of the uh, different warbands that um, that you could use for this. Um, a couple that we haven't mentioned already um, would probably be Molog or Hrothgorn, 
or spike a spike claw swarm. Um, Gnarl Spirit Pack gets a little a little nod too, just because there are there are beasts already. Just on their, you know, they get to transform into beasts. Um, but you know, like Jason said, no, no, Kira, you don't get to ex- you don't get your crit grievous <laughs> extra, so you can keep that keep that locked up. Um, so, so yeah, I th- go ahead, Jason. But, so we don't have this question written down, or we didn't discuss it. We kind of went through all the war bands and. To be honest, there was more warbands than I thought when I first saw this deck. I was like, oh, like, what are we going to do, right? Um, stay away from an order. Like, there's really yeah. only, like, two that could even use anything in here. Hexbanes um, is one of them with the dogs, right? Yeah. Hexbanes I'm curious about because it does have the companion dogs. Right. And if you take out a hunter, you can give them an upgrade. Mm-hmm. So can you start stacking Denison upgrades? I... I am a little curious there, and they may be, you know, kind of a an off play for it. Um, but what I'm most curious about, because we do have to update the deck library now that that this new uh, Rivals deck is out there, what are you guys most um, excited to play with Beastbound Assault? Ooh. Uh, I mean... I'm I'm just gonna pull the obvious here. I think I think <laughs> the exile dead is. I think it could do some really good work. Um, yeah, so I'll just throw that one out there and then let everyone sit in silence while they try to think of a better answer than what I just gave. I don't have a better answer, but I do have a favorite warband in the list of ones that we have here, and that's my big boy Molog. That's yeah. Um, this gives so many other ways to score other than just trying to bot people. Yes. Um, yep. So I appreciate it. I think it, I think that the, I'm not going to say it has legs or play or whatever, but I would be interested to try it to see how you could utilize the, the minions in that particular war band in conjunction with adding all these upgrades to Molog. There's only a couple in here that you can't really use on him. One of, you know, the thing that there's one is you can't, give it to a large fighter. Um, But, you know, giving him yet another way to smash people is always fun. That's no surprising. You're going to bring back Molog. No, why? Why? (laughs) Why would you not? No, you shouldn't be surprised. He's my favorite. And I spent the most time painting him of pretty much every war band I have. So every time, every chance I get to play the big troll, I'll play him. There's um, one. There's one that we didn't mention in the pre-show and that we don't have listed in the notes. Uh, but the Cunning Crew. So the Cunning Crew have oh, two minions. Oh. Yep. Um, so I do think that there's kind of some some play there. I'm most excited to play Black Powder with given the recent yeah. banner rules on him and the fact that all his fighters can kind of leverage leverage this. Um, yeah, I'm cool. It, like. I guess I'm just also excited too that a lot of the destruction like big boys could leverage this deck. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really seen the big boys yeah. um played that much in Gnarlwood. Um, because it has gone more to Drum or Gnarl Spirit Pack. Um so it'll be it'll be nice to see the Mologs and the Rothgorns yeah. and Black Powder out there. I mean, mm-hmm. now that you mentioned that, I wonder about Morgok. Because they've got yeah, crushes, some, yeah. Because yep. they've got some whole objective play already. 
this would give them the opportunity to kind of double down. Yeah. In that regard. I don't know. You you just you're you need the denizens on them, right? So right. you're just relying yeah. on the denizen upgrades. Yep. Yep. Because they and are that's... certainly not beasts or companions or minions. <laughs> <laughs> no. But but there's lots of different ways to get that status onto those fighters. And so there's Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that, that it is a bad play just because of some of the passive scoring that they have just from getting on objectives, you know, in enemy territory or whatever. Yeah. Um they have some pretty quick scoring stuff to help get those upgrades out quick. So I think um I could I could see it. It'd be yeah. interesting to try. You should try that first before you try the exiled dead, Jared. That's fair. <laughs> I think I think the obvious so I mean I think you could always just fall back to the exiled dead with this with this deck and still be yeah. completely fine. You yeah. don't necessarily need reps with it. Yeah. <laughs> um just the problem, the problem with Exile Dead in this deck does not help it is it's such a long game, right? Like it you is. Experienced, experienced that the other did. day. Like it's, I did. There's so much stuff going on. You just need yeah. so many reps, and this deck yeah. doesn't help with that because it just yeah. adds mm-hmm. more complexity to to what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, when you get to move five fighters with one activation <sighs> multiple times <sighs> per game. It is stressful. I'll yeah. just say that playing against that is stressful because you're just you feel like you're fight. You literally feel like you're fighting off a zombie horde with a stick, yeah. and it's you have yeah. to really be <laughs> picky about where you who you try and take out so that you're removing some supports or removing potential stagger or whatever. Yeah. So it's lots to think about. Well, gents, I think I think we've pretty much covered it as far as this particular deck goes. Is there any closing thoughts before we uh, close out this section and get to the wrap up? No plot card. No plot plot card. So good. That's awesome. This is free reign upgrades and gambits and objectives. So have fun with them. All you championship players out there. Do it. Um, And with that, we will take a break and we'll come right back with closing out the show. And we're back and that will wrap up this, the 49th episode of the Battle Mallet podcast. Uh, We want to just say thanks again for taking the time to listen. Uh, If you uh, want other people to hear about us, uh, word of mouth is great. Uh, but you can also uh, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, whatever it is that the kids say these days uh, on whatever <laughs> podcasting platform that you listen uh, to us. We have a website now that is really the home that we'll link to everywhere else at battle-mallet.com, uh, but there's blog.battle-mallet.com. There's podcast.battle-mallet.com uh, that's available there. We have a Discord server uh, that you can join. The links for all of these will be in the show notes, of course. Um, we do have a few community shout outs, I guess, um, before we really close out the show. Uh, so a uh, handful of tournaments that we want to shout out, uh, one coming up in on April 1st in the United Kingdom, uh, and that is at Element Games. Uh, so uh, you can look for the information uh, on the Element Games site there. We'll also have a link to that tournament in the show notes. Uh, friend of the show, 
Captain Murder is uh, helping to host the Alberta Classic Grand Clash, and that is May 27th and 28th in the Great White North uh, up in Alberta. So uh, if you can make it up there, that'd be cool. Uh, and then our own kind of personal shout out is that uh, we're going to be going to the Nova Grand Clash. That is September 3rd. It is on a Sunday this year. So uh, if you're doing any of the other major games, you can also have time to play Underworlds. But it will be a five round best of three tournament that runs all day Sunday. So it'll be good. It will um, be. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm glad we're off a main day. Yeah, I think that you know it'll it'll attract um, you know five rounds is going to be one heck of a day, but I'm looking yes. forward to it. Uh, you know, very excited that Captain Murder Derek, um, they have their own Grand Clash up there now. Um, yeah, so shout out to you. Thank you for getting that set up for you guys. Wish I could make it up there. Canada is a wonderful place to go, uh, but I just don't think I'm going to be able to swing at that time of the year. No. And I think the big thing to note here is that the the clash that they've organized will have the I think there are three golden tickets. There's uh, there's at least one golden ticket for the world champs being held in Atlanta. One. I think it's just in one. November. But yeah, but you could have your chance to go to the world champs in November in Atlanta, Georgia, uh if you win that tournament. So and the same is true for the Nova. So if you want a free admission to uh Great big old Warhammer Underworld tournament. Come check it out. Yeah, and then uh, before we move on, out of shout outs too, and then just a shout out to everyone going to Adepticon. I don't know if we'll record before that, but good luck to everyone. Good luck to our friends over there uh, at the What the Hex podcast, the Mortal Realms. Um, you know, Skylar, Brian, Davy, Phil, everybody else in between. Um, you guys have a great time there. Enjoy yourselves. Gerard and Jimmy, um, you know, good luck uh, as well. And anyone else that is that is attending, uh, have a good time. Yeah, maybe maybe one of these years we'll make it up there. It was close for me this year, but yeah. then Sarah booked her her birthday party on that Saturday, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's well, not gonna happen. That'll be that'll be that. Yeah, and and another just random factoid too. The more and more I look at this deck. You know, I've never played Thorns of the Briar Queen on the table. Really? Yeah, I think I think I might actually give this deck a go with Thorns of the Briar Queen. I like it. Well, that'd be I interesting. look forward to seeing that deck in the library. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking good... of which, for <laughs> anyone that doesn't know, we've got a whole uh, a whole Nemesis deck library that we're building out. Uh, we've had some community contributions, which we really appreciate. Um, so if you come up with a, a nemesis deck that you like, um, even if it's not like the bees knees, best of the best, uh, but one that you think is fun, uh, just hit us up. We're a uh, battle mallet podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on discord or Twitter or Facebook, um, and share the deck. We'll post it. We'll credit you as, as appropriate. Um, if you're another content creator and you've got a blog tied to that deck or a vlog or whatever the case like we're happy to link to that as well so we just want to try to continue to build this resource uh, for the underworlds community at large where uh, people can come and get easy access to nemesis decks to help uh, either spark their own creative juices but really more importantly to help new players be able to jump in and play in the nemesis format with something uh, that at least works on the surface level uh, without having to put the thought that goes into 
actually building the deck and then they can go from there. Um, and it's worth noting that a lot of the decks that we've put on there, they're all theory crafting decks. <laughs> like some of those we haven't really played. So if you find one that you're like, Oh, this is interesting, but you find a card that we put in there and then we're like, this doesn't work at all. Like just let us know add an you know and submit it back to us and we'll add it to the to the library we'll adjust our deck or you know credit you on whatever deck you've created so um lots of looks good on paper decks to us i feel like is what we've done so far so um you know we, we love additional contributions absolutely cool so uh any any final closing thoughts on top of that jason anything to add now looking forward to playing monday yeah oh it'll be good so uh for the battle mallet podcast we are uh an ever hungry fiend an inspiring mascot and a stalking terror and we will leave it to the listeners to decide who is who this is jared signing out this is trey signing out i am so confused i gotta listen i gotta figure this out I'm Jason Tate Mary. Get the hell out of here. Peace. Go Bells. The Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats.